Hey, it's Maller here. It's bracket season, and you can pre-register now for the Fox Sports Radio Bracket Challenge at foxsportsradio.com. Get details, rules, and pre-register today so you can easily create your winning bracket when it's live on March 17th. Once you fill out your bracket, you'll be entered for a chance to win the ultimate college sports trip for you and a friend, including travel and stays at any graduate hotel's Location sponsored by Tractor Supply and Graduate Hotels, where college fans stay. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. If you thought four hours a day, 1,200 minutes a week was enough, think again. He's the last remnants of the old republic, a sole bastion of fairness. He treats crackheads in the ghetto gutter the same as the rich pill poppers in the penthouse. Wow. The clearinghouse of hot takes break free for something special. The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller starts right now. In the air everywhere. Welcome in. It is the fifth hour with Ben Maller and Danny G Radio as we chum away. The weekend of conversations continue on the fifth hour. Normally, we would have the mailbag, but this day different than most Sundays because we're changing it up. My man Danny G is away taking care of his fatherly duties, and so... I'm doing this solo this weekend, and I've decided just to talk to people I know, friends of mine. Why not? And if you've been listening all weekend, I hope you've enjoyed it. Let us know. Give us a nice review on the Apple Podcast page. But on Friday, we caught up with TJ Simers, the L.A. Times former columnist who sued the L.A. Times, won a bunch of money. He told us about that near-impossible victory. He won three times in court against the L.A. Times. But I love TJ's writing style. He's an attack dog, and I love that. And then on Saturday, one of my favorite guys, Turk Stevens, the original coin on Benny Ben versus the coin, which became Benny versus the penny. And Turk joined us for a few good minutes on the Saturday podcast. And today, we go back to the well one more time into my bag of friends. The good thing is there's not many friends, so there's not a lot to choose from here that I have in the radio business, but this guy is a Maryland media mogul. He is also part of the Fox Sports Radio Alumni Association, as in the early days when I did a show with Tom Looney on the weekends, The Blitz, very popular show. We'd go around to different ballparks and stadiums, and Jerry Coleman was our guy in Baltimore. Covered the Ravens and the Orioles. He's been doing that for many years, going way, way back. He's got some great stories to tell about that. He now does a very popular podcast. We're lucky to get this guy. He's a big deal, Jerry Coleman. 
does a podcast with Adam Jones, the old Baltimore Oriole outfielder, all-star for the Orioles, the Adam Jones podcast, which is really just the Jerry Coleman podcast with Adam Jones. But Adam Jones has the name, so they go with the Adam Jones podcast. But check that out as well. well. I'm sure we'll get into that at some point here. But let's welcome in the longtime radio podcasting man from Baltimore. He knows where all the bodies are buried around the Ravens and Orioles facility. We welcome in Sports with Coleman. Jerry Coleman, my friend. Jerry, welcome. Why don't we start with the Orioles, who are a playoff team, one of the better teams in baseball this year, but a faceless, mostly nameless team nationally, this Baltimore squad. So I ask you, Jerry, as someone that watches all these Orioles games, who is the face of the 2023 Baltimore Orioles? I guess you would say, and uh, let me get the obligatory, and I hate when people do this as guests on shows. Thanks for having me on, Ben. Uh, it'd probably be Adley Rushman at this juncture. Uh, you know, the former number one pick ever since he's come into the organization. The team hasn't been swept in a three-game series but he is pretty faceless. He was at the all-star game. He was in the home run derby and all that, but it is a team of a lot of young guys and high draft picks, which is, you know, great for the Orioles ownership and the fact that they're not going to have to pay these guys for really an extended period of time, unless they want to get ahead of things, which have never been proactive. Because if you look at the history of Oriole mega contracts and the last one being Chris Davis, they have all virtually backfired going back to Albert Bell and Scott Erickson. Well, the good news is they're going to be paying Chris Davis for another generation, I think. So <laughs> that's the the good news. So they'll be paying him. But he, here's my theory on the Orioles. Because I, I you know, watch a lot of baseball. I flip around. I have watched some of the Orioles games. And I don't know who 90% of the team is, even though they seem to be pretty good players. It's going to take the Orioles, as you know, Jerry, in the playoffs, to have some, you know, go on a run, clutch hits, big moments. That's how these guys are going to become household names, it, it, I, don't, I don't think it can happen during the regular season. Uh, and I, I realize I say that while guys like Mike Trout and Shohei Otani have become household names during the regular season. But I think for the Orioles, it's going to have to happen in the playoffs, and they're going to have to go on an extended run. I look at the American League. You look at that card in the American League, it's pretty wide open. There's no To me, there's no team that is clearly going to get to the World Series. It would be a shocker if they didn't get to the World Series. Uh, you could you could put them all into a Kino hopper and whatever spits out, whatever, you know, or bingo hopper, whatever spits out, you're like, okay, uh, you buying that or not buying that? No, I completely agree. And it's really who it comes down to is getting hot at the right time, whether it be late September or into October. But I understand what you're saying, doing it, you know, in the postseason is going to make a significant difference. Also, when you play some of the higher profile teams like the Yankees and Red Sox, a lot of eyes are on you. It had been five years since the team was on Sunday night baseball, and they just had a series, and it wasn't by coincidence. It was because the Yankees were in town that they were on national TV back-to-back nights. So they got some notoriety there, and that will continue in the second half as long as they stay in front of the American League East, which is by far the toughest division in Major League Baseball. And I think of all pro sports because of the teams involved in their payrolls, and that's the remarkable part is the two lowest you know, paid teams are leading the way in the Orioles and the Rays, and they both have young payrolls. Like I said, guys, they don't have to pay a lot of money to, whether it be a Randy Rosarena or a Gunnar Henderson or Adley Rushman or 
you know, I understand they paid Wander Franco, but, you know, Yandy Diaz and guys like that are under control. They just made a great deal. The Rays did at the break to get uh, Aaron Savale who's under contract for a few more years. The Orioles picked up Jack Flaherty. Unfortunately, he's just a rental, but they didn't have to give away the farm. So the Orioles are making a run here for the postseason. It's been six or seven years since they've been in the postseason. They haven't won a World Series in 40 years. But you're right. It's up for grabs in the American League. The problem with the Orioles, though, right now, Ben, is going to be the pitching. They have a lot of young arms that are reaching their peak in terms of innings thrown. And there's a fear that they're going to run out of gas before they get to the finish line. Yes, the magic. That's a pet peeve of mine, Jerry. I'm glad you brought that up because there's this magical line where if you it's like crossing the Rubicon. And if you cross that line, everyone in baseball is convinced that all these pitchers are going to fall apart. Now, it is proven. I will say that the relief pitching in particular, when guys get to a certain number of appearances, usually they fall apart. That's why the the gimmick in baseball has been to run, burn your bullpen and then trade for new bullpen arms at the deadline and, and refurbish. But you mentioned Tampa Bay and all the guys that are you know young guys and doing well. They're never going to have old players in Tampa Bay. Because if you get to a point where you make money, they just get rid of you. So yes. it's, it's like you, know, you, you look at that team, it's always going to be that way. If you accomplish something, once you get to that, which is the seven-year mark when you're you're done with arbitration, then they trade. Yes, you're so, under control for that long. And, you know, Adley Rushman still got like five or six years, Gunnar Henderson, Austin Hayes, and Cedric Mullins, guys that – People probably aren't familiar with the guys that produce and some have been all stars, but they're under contract for at least three, some four or five more years. And that means this team doesn't have to go out and pay anyone $10 million a year. Uh, The only guy making, I think Chris Davis right now is the highest paid player on their payroll. No pun intended because there's no one else besides maybe Kyle Gibson, who's making close to $10 million a year. Well, and Chris Davis has not had an error. Uh, he has been a good teammate. He hasn't caused any problems in the locker room this year. Uh, so Davis is certainly hasn't struck out uh, hasn't a dozen struck times, out. you know, over a week. That's right. Yeah. So what is the level of enthusiasm or is it too early to judge the sports with Coleman level of enthusiasm among the natives? I do this podcast, as you know, with Adam Jones, yeah. and he was just in town for a big series uh, as the Orioles took on the Yankees, as I mentioned. Uh, the crowds are starting to pick up. There's still a little bit of a fear of a lot of people going downtown because of crime and stuff of that nature, but they're averaging around 21, 22,000 a game, which really to me isn't outstanding. Now they just had a series against the Mets. They had, you know, two of the games, uh, were close. One game was sold out. The other was close to a sellout. The only game that was sold out during that series was the Eddie Murray bobblehead giveaway. And by the way, one of the biggest scams in all of baseball are these bobblehead giveaways where people show up and pack the park just to get the giveaway. Teams raise the ticket prices typically for these games, okay? So you pay a little bit more to get in and get the bobblehead. And as you know, Um, And you've used this analogy with popcorn at the movie theater. Uh, These bobbleheads cost as much as probably a a box of popcorn, except, you know, they go on the open market for a lot more than popcorn and they go for a lot in terms of collectibles. So they raise the price on that. And that's how the Orioles were able to, uh, 
you know, get a sellout against the Mets, which I think is pretty sad, but that's where they are right now. And as far as the interest in the team, you know, usually this time of year, Ben, it's football season in Baltimore and attention is turned towards the Ravens. And there's a lot of excitement about the Ravens, but right now the, t- the town is focused on the Orioles. They haven't been in first place this late in the season since I think the late nineties. Wow. I was barely alive back in the late nineties, Jerry. I don't even I know. You were just you were you were just a kid back then. I was I was a toddler uh there. The bobblehead thing is wonderful. I want to spend a couple minutes on that because the Dodgers have mastered that and they know the nights, the attendance. The Dodgers are lead baseball in attendance every year, but they know on a you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, it's a little slow. It's not as full as obviously the weekend. So they have strategically placed bobblehead nights on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, during the week. And there's so much um, passion for the for the bobbleheads. I, I was out there. And I usually end up going during the week because I'm doing the show and I you know, they, they drag my ass back into the studio half the time. So I try to plan it where I go during the week so I can go see the Dodgers in person and then go to the studio after. And. I have, over the last couple of months, picked up all these different random bobbleheads that they toss out. Not that I planned it. It just happens to be on nights Tuesday or Wednesday when I'm going in or Monday. And I, I met some fans of the show, Jerry, on my way out. They they sent me a, a, a message on social media. Actually, it was the, the night I got the foul ball from Ahmed Rosario. And uh, very kind of him to give me that. Protected your computer and then saved a computer that night, right? I did. I did. That's the most important thing. So on my way out, this guy, this guy sent me a message. He said, hey, I want to get a photo. I was like, well, that's really cool. Uh, that's really nice. So I, I went down and he actually met me outside the press box. And so I am I go out to meet the guy and his buddy has a plastic bag filled with no less than 15 bobbleheads. <laughs> night and i'm like what are you what are you doing and the guy had purchased all these extra tickets because he's a collector and i guess he was going to sell them and i don't even remember whose bobblehead it was that night i don't even remember I mean, it was some obviously somebody for the dodgers but uh oh no you know it was a uh, tommy lasorda ring replica ring world series replica ring have the orioles gotten to that the replica ring thing no, that's uh, that's probably down the line, but it's marketing genius. And I'm just still wondering how you, as a member of the media, were able to get the bobblehead because traditionally the teams give those out ahead of the night, maybe to the media to put out on social media and promote. But usually the night of the event, the media doesn't get a handout. No, no. Well, the Dodgers have usually done it the night of. They'll pass it out. They'll ask you if you want one or not. You don't have to take it, but most people take it. Uh, And so, yeah, they usually do it the night of. But, yeah, it would make more sense to do it the day before. Yeah, just so you can promote it. But the Dodgers obviously don't feel like the Orioles do. They need that promotion. The Dodgers probably don't feel they need that. Well, you got to let the Orioles know, Jerry. They, they're missing out here. They can have like Earl Weaver ring replica. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. People love that. I, they're they're actually kind of cool. Actually, the replica rings are not. They're not of the crap people get at ballparks. Are the stuff they give away pretty good? The whole bobblehead thing. 
Uh, th- I'd love to go to China. We should do a documentary, me and you, Jerry. We'll go to China, to a factory in China where they make the bobbleheads for all the different teams and whatnot, and we'll just go into the factory and see exactly how the process is made. How do they make the hot dogs? We'll, we'll go in there and just uh, check it out. It must be fascinating because when I was younger, and, and you, Jerry, you remember all the bobbleheads were exactly the same? Yes. There was no difference. It was all just generic. There was the generic white guy, generic black guy, bobblehead, and that was it. And uh, there's no no bells and whistles. And I think there was one, maybe it was the maybe it was the Orioles one and the old bobbleheads. They had like the bird. You remember that? Yeah, the bird. There's been there's been talking bobbleheads. Uh the late great Chuck Thompson he used to call Orioles baseball, had a talking bobblehead. I think Joe Angel at one point did as well. Uh, so they've come up with different unique ideas. And, yeah, they've used the bird and the bobbleheads as well. Uh, the, you know, the disappointing thing for me and uh, really unnerving thing is twice now my brother, who's just maybe a year younger than me or two, has asked me to get a bobblehead for him. And he's got a kid. Uh, he's got a daughter, my niece, who's 10. Yeah. And I said, is it for her? And he said, no, it's for me. And I said, you're 54 years old. <laughs> you really need a? Are you serious? You want an Adley Rushman Captain America bobblehead? What the hell are you going to do with that? <laughs> well, the Dodgers actually one of their promotions this year, Jerry. This is this is next level. A LeBron Dodgers bobblehead. They're that's ridiculous. Yeah, that is the ultimate chill. Well, not only that, they I think another one they did. I might be wrong on this. The USC quarterback Caleb Williams, who's supposed to be the number one pick. In next year's NFL draft, the Heisman guy from you know USC, they also did some uh, a promotion where he's getting a bobblehead. Uh, well, I'm sure he's also getting some money too uh, via NIL because that sounds like a money maker for him as well. If I'm him, you know, I want a piece of the pie. Yeah, no, no, sure. I, we need to get in on that. We need podcasting and we need radio NIL deals, name, image, likeness deals. We Isn't that, there a Ben Maller bobblehead out there somewhere? No, no, I wish there was. That would be really cool. I would love that, but there's no... Well, once we locate that shop in China, we can ask them politely, and I'm sure they will, to, uh, to configure one. We can get 50,000 of them made for about $7. Uh, and uh, the, the <laughs> shipping would be rather high. That would be rather crazy. Hey, it's Maller here. It's bracket season, and you can pre-register now for the Fox Sports Radio Bracket Challenge at foxsportsradio.com. Get details, rules, and pre-register today so you can easily create your winning bracket when it's live on March 17th, once you fill out your bracket, you'll be entered for a chance to win the ultimate college sports trip for you and a friend, including travel and stays at any graduate hotel's location sponsored by Tractor Supply and Graduate Hotels, where college fans stay. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood, a brand that's truly close to my heart because it was founded in my kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton. Today, Laird Superfood boasts an amazing lineup of products, 
all crafted with the highest quality plant-based ingredients. Think functional mushrooms, real fruits and veggies. What makes us unique? We're committed to using only real ingredients, no artificial and no natural flavors. Two of my absolute favorites are prebiotic daily greens, really great tasting, and we've added some mushrooms to support your gut even a little more. Then there's our instant latte lineup. We've got instant mocha, instant latte, chai. If you want to discover Laird Superfood, you can do it at your local retailer on Amazon or at LairdSuperfood.com. And if you put in the code GABBY2024 on our website, you'll get an exclusive 20% off your first purchase. So I wanted to spend a couple of minutes because me and me and Jerry, uh, we have something in common. We both spend a lot of time as a radio stringer, which is no longer a position. It is a job that does not exist, except there's like one person in every city that does it. But there used to be a bunch of people in every city that would do it every big league city. And that's how I kind of got started. I, I, I worked at a station in San Diego. They hired me my first paying gig other than being a board op for San Diego state basketball, which was a disaster was to be a stringer to, to go to games. And you did that for many years. That's how we actually got to know each other, Jerry, when you were the, the stringer in Baltimore for all the Orioles and Ravens games and you used to call in, to Fox Sports Radio in the very early days of Fox Sports Radio, back in the, in the old days. So we've lived a similar life. And people have asked me, it's like, hey, you know, you tell some more stories about those days. What was it like and all that? And uh, I've told a few of them. We can't tell all of them. But some of my favorite memories were actually the, 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 the craziness of getting kicked out of locker rooms. Were you ever kicked out of locker rooms, Jerry? Did you ever get booted out? Oh, of course. I was thrown out of the Mets locker room. Um, but not, not because of, uh, you know, anything I did as a stringer. It's because I decided to sit down on a in a chair because I was waiting for Mike Piazza to come out for about 30 minutes. And Jay Horwitz, who has been the longtime PR guy there, didn't like the fact that I'm sitting down at a card table, asked me to get up. And I said, do you mind getting Mike Piazza like I've asked four times? He told me to get up. I didn't get up. Then he tried to kick me out. And that started a confrontation in the uh, visiting clubhouse at Camden Yards. And all of a sudden, Mike Piazza and the rest of the Mets show up because they were all hiding like cowards in the lounge or the uh, food room. So they weren't by their lockers. And they chased me out of the locker room. And I just remember the Orioles PR director like 15 minutes later on the field saying, what the hell just happened inside the Mets locker room? <laughs> and I said, there are a bunch of a-holes. <laughs> so, so that was that story. But as far as uh, stringing in the press box, there have been a few incidents with me involving that. Maybe noise level or trying to use a phone that didn't belong to me. So, uh, I mean, there's there's been episodes. I was a stringer once in Cuba, Ben, uh, when the Orioles played uh, against the Cuban national team back in 1999. Uh, um, I was doing some stringing work for the four letter network and for Fox and other outlets. And I didn't have a dedicated phone, but I remember after the game was over, there were all these pay phones, landline phones that were set up and I used the associated presses phone. I guess I can say it now. Statute of limitations has run out, but I'm not only did I call all the networks and file my reports, I think I called everyone I knew back in Baltimore as well. Uh, that day from Havana just to check in and let them know everything was going fine. But 
I do remember the first couple of years where the Ravens were uh, in Baltimore and I was, you know, the guy to go to for a lot of the uh, networks. And I was using a phone that didn't belong to me either. And not only that, but I was extra loud. So the Ravens asked that I used, and this is an outdated reference, something called a payphone that was on the wall in the back of the press box. So I was uh, relegated to a payphone for several years in the uh, mid 90s as you were growing up. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, now, I also have a Jay Horowitz story. I got kicked out of the main press box at Shea Stadium by Jay Horowitz because one of the Mets beat writers got upset that I was there because there's a class system, at least back then. I don't know if this is still a thing in the New York media. Now, I was traveling with the Dodgers at the time. So I was part of the, you know, I was hanging, I would always kind of hang out with the beat writers and because I knew them and they, every city they'd go to. So uh, I was hanging out with them, but there's two different press boxes. There's like the, the adults press box for the, for the newspaper writers back then. This album newspapers mattered. Now they don't matter, but back then they mattered and it was a big deal. And so they had that. And then in, in New York, the radio guys had their own separate, they were relegated to a little box down down the hall uh, from the main press box. And I didn't know that. And so uh, one of the Mets beat writers, this jerk, this schmuck, who I think moved to Japan to cover baseball. I believe that's what happened. But anyway, this guy got all upset with me. He went to Horowitz. And then Jay came up to me. He's like, you gotta, you gotta, you're not allowed to be here. No radio guys can be here. You got to go down to the, to the other booth. And so I... I went down with my tail between my legs and I walked down to where all the uh, the radio guys were. But the good news about that, though, Jerry, is I spent the night that night. I sat next to Joe Beningo, who was a. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I hung out with him uh, for most of that game, who had a long career. He was a caller to WFAN and then became a host. Yep. And I don't know. I think he's back. I think he retired and then he came back. If I, I don't know. I, 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 think I believe I, he is back. I believe he is back. I didn't realize there was a tier system. I, I was never around that. I do remember the radio people being seated far away and far behind the print people when they were important back in the day. Uh, but I also remember the fact that, you know, the print people never appreciated the live voice are going on behind them. Uh, you know, Ben, right now it's uh, second and 10 for the Ravens. They're at the Raiders 34 yard line. Uh, Ray Lewis has left the game due to an accusation of murder or something like that. And, you know, all these heads turn around like, who's this guy talking in the back of the press box? And I've done that in Washington. I did it in Baltimore. And then really, I, I came to learn the only reason that stuff existed was for gambling. That's who was paying attention to the, the updates that we were providing, to be honest with you. It was real. And there was a thing called Sports Phone in New York that you're aware of, probably. There was yep. also something called the NBA Hotline that I would call and file reports for. And that was also for gamblers as well. And now it's just not needed because of social media and everything so instantaneous. Well, that was the whole origin of 24-hour sports radio. As you know, WFAN, the, the updates were for the West Coast games, for the gamblers in New York that wanted to get an update on the Giants game or the Padres game. And back in the old days, you had to wait for the newspaper. But if you're on the East Coast, nothing would pop out of the, you know, you'd have to wait a couple of days because it wouldn't be in the newspaper, the late West Coast games and all that. So it's a different Different time. As far as getting kicked out of locker rooms, though, I'll tell uh, one one story. There's a couple of them. The most famous was the Arizona Diamondbacks 
and there was a beanball battle between the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks, and they were clearly throwing at each other. And I had to get some some sound from the Diamondbacks side, and the Dodgers had a pitcher named Chanho Park who was 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 throwing at the the Diamondbacks, and I forget the Diamondbacks pitcher who was throwing at the Dodgers. Anyway, uh, Matt Williams, a very surly guy who <laughs> played third base for a long time with mostly the Giants, but he played for the Indians. Uh, they were called the Indians then and the Diamondbacks. So I, I was in the locker room. I was asking him questions about what was going on, and he, he the first time he kind of blew me off. He didn't address it. So then I asked again. He gave me something but not what I needed. As you know, Jerry, you had to get about 15 seconds, roughly, of good audio. Yes. Uh, that's that's the perfect soundbite, 15 seconds. You don't want it to be too long, but you don't want it to be too short. So I asked a third time, and then he uh, snapped at me. He went delirious and said, knock it off. Uh, get out of here. And uh, he stood up. He was drinking a beer at his locker, and he stood up and, uh, and got very upset with me and was disturbed at my line of questioning, seemed a little unstable. Uh, and then uh, a bunch of people who I don't even know who they were uh, came over to me and uh, said I had to leave, that I had to, uh, to get Now, out. most importantly, though, Ben, were you able to record all that? Because that's audio gold. Yes, you know? yes. And it got played for years because I – great. I, I was doing a local show at the time as well, and so I made sure to play that. Uh, here's a Major League Baseball player off of his rocker, uh, and uh, here you go. And uh, also, speaking of that, speaking of off the rocker, the late Tony Phillips. Did you ever deal with Tony back in the day? Uh, yeah, he was a hothead. I I, I stayed away from him. Um, same thing with Albert Bell and Delman Young, guys I had to deal with. Yeah, uh, there haven't been... Yeah, I was never thrown out, but there were there have been a lot of encounters inside locker rooms with uh, myself and, and athletes, uh, whether it be Delman Young, who uh, didn't understand why I was approaching him after he had hit a game winning three run homer because he said I hadn't approached him, you know, all year long when he had done nothing at the plate. So, yeah, when you hit the game winning home run, that's kind of the way it works in the major leagues. People do want to hear what you have to say when, you know. Your bat decides the game. There was an episode with the Ravens. You may remember the former Heisman Trophy winner, Troy Smith, who had a very, very brief NFL career and was a total jerk. Uh, the Ravens used to play something on Fridays called Media Dodgeball. And they thought it'd be fun to turn out the lights in the locker room and they would throw a football around and one player would lob it to another player. They turn the lights on and off. And the other player would be standing behind you and they would catch the football right over your head and dunk it right on your head. So I'm not a big guy. Um, and I remember there was a guy named Tom Zivikowski who lobbed it over to Troy Smith. Troy slammed the football on my head. I went down like Tim Anderson. And my head hit the floor. And I was seeing stars for like 30 seconds. Yeah. I wasn't out. But I'm just staring up. And all I remember, it was like a, a scene out of a movie. It was like Troy Smith, Joe Flacco, uh, Terrell Suggs. All these guys are looking at Coleman. You all right? You all right? Now, let's just say that was the end of media dodgeball. It was also the end of Troy Smith being a jerk to me because I think he was worried that I may sue him. And I probably should have worn a neck brace the next day to the locker room. But uh, 
after that, he couldn't have been nicer, and that was the end of media dodgeball. So there's been incidents like that. There was an incident where Raven tried to block me from going to a certain part of the locker room because he told me that area was prohibited. And I said, I've been covering the team since you were in high school. Get out of my way. And we got into it, and the PR guy didn't ask me to leave, but asked me not to pursue that person down in that corner of the locker room. And and the guy, the, the player's name still plays for the Ravens, this guy, Tyus Bowser. Uh, we've had no communication since. Wow. All right. And, and yeah, I, I like how certain areas are completely off limits, even though they're like public areas of the clubhouse, the locker room. You're like, you're not supposed to go. It's hallowed ground. You can't go over there. Uh, did you ever get the joy of you mentioned waiting for Mike Piazza? I spent many a night waiting for Barry Bonds to come shower and a, a couple of times Barry never came out of the shower. He snuck out the back and would have the clubhouse guy go get his clothes. And so he, that's how much he loathed talking to the media, a real fun guy. And I love that Barry <laughs> now trying to change his reputation a little bit. Like he thinks he's got this Hail Mary chance and maybe he will get in the hall of fame. He probably should be in the hall of fame, but he's a total dick. And, 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 and he was just treated people like shit when he played back in the day. And so bonds is like trying to change things up, but I'm like, no, I, I remember that. No, you were, you know, you're not, you're not rewriting history here, Barry. Uh, you were, you were terrible. You, you mentioned Albert Bell. So you just didn't even bother talking to Albert. You just stayed when he was with the Orioles, you just stayed away from him. No, in fact, there was a new policy that was started during spring training. They used to let the media go into the locker room during spring training games to interview players before they left. As you know, a lot of these players would leave in the third or fourth inning. Yeah. So yeah. the story goes, we were inside the Orioles uh, locker room. It was in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I forgot who the player was, but we were speaking to him and Albert Bell came in and threw a temper tantrum and took a bat to a locker and just smashed it up to pieces and we all looked around like uh, you know everyone was like was i guess we're not going to talk about that but the guy from the ap who's a good friend of mine still and i played that as with him says no i i, I got a call new york to see you know if i should write about this and we're like eh, do you have to and he's like yeah i do so he called New York and they said, yes, and it was written about. And after that, no one was allowed inside the locker room until the, and that's still the Orioles policy. No one's allowed inside the locker room during the games. Hey, it's Maller here. It's bracket season and you can pre-register now for the Fox Sports Radio Bracket Challenge at foxsportsradio.com. Get details, rules, and pre-register today so you can easily create your winning bracket when it's live on March 17th, once you fill out your bracket, you'll be entered for a chance to win the ultimate college sports trip for you and a friend, including travel and stays at any graduate hotel's location sponsored by Tractor Supply and Graduate Hotels, where college fans stay. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood, a brand that's truly close to my heart because it was founded in my kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton. Today, Laird Superfood boasts an amazing lineup of products, 
all crafted with the highest quality plant-based ingredients. Think functional mushrooms, real fruits and veggies. What makes us unique? We're committed to using only real ingredients, no artificial and no natural flavors. Two of my absolute favorites are prebiotic daily greens, really great tasting, and we've added some mushrooms to support your gut even a little more. Then there's our instant latte lineup. We've got instant mocha, instant latte, chai. If you want to discover Laird Superfood, you can do it at your local retailer on Amazon or at LairdSuperfood.com. And if you put in the code GABBY2024 on our website, you'll get an exclusive 20% off your first purchase. As far as a player that would make me wait, um, it's a guy who, unlike Barry Bonds, um, is in the Hall of Fame. But like Barry Bonds was a bit of a douchebag. And that was Mike Mussina. And Mussina was infamous for making the media wait. I'll never forget when someone said to him, hey, Mike, can I just ask you one question? And he turned around and said, you just did. <laughs> but he also was infamous, Ben, for coming out while the media was waiting around his locker. And, you know, we thought he was ready to talk. Instead, he would grab his toothbrush and his toothpaste and some dental floss and go back into the, you know, into the locker room, bathroom area, take about 15 minutes, come back out, then brush his hair, keep his back to us and all that. And finally turn around after like a 20, 25 minute wait, finally get a few small quotes from this guy who didn't speak in long sentences. So he was pretty jerky. Um, that stood out more than anyone. Cal Ripken took a long time to come out after games as well. Uh, but that was deserved a little bit more because, you know, it was Cal Ripken, but Mike Mussina was really a pain in the neck to deal with. And so was the former pitcher named Eric Bedard, who uh, actually got traded away for Adam Jones. Um, but Bedard was a total jerk and didn't like speaking to the media at all, wherever he went. And now is out of baseball after collecting a lot of money. Yeah, well, all of them made it ton of money good for them and we're the dodo birds that stat, sat there and waited uh for them to talk to bless us with a few words here so jerry now you're getting this season in the nfl you've got the odell beckham experience coming to baltimore here are you excited about that dealing with odell during the season there is it uh, something you're i'm predicting right now he's going to be a problem i'm saying it right now and i know the team has embraced him they love him uh i think it was a panic move by the ravens to go out and pay him $15 million when no one else was going to sign him for that kind of money. But at the time when they signed him, if you looked at their uh, list of wide receivers, it was basically Rashad Bateman. Since then, they've drafted, drafted this kid Zay Flowers out of Florida and added guys like Nelson Aguilar. And um, we'll see how he works. Marcus Peters is no longer a part of the Ravens. You couldn't have both of those personalities in the same locker room, in my opinion, even though John Harbaugh has been around 16 years now. Uh, I just don't think, you know, he's strong enough to maintain those personalities. But Beckham is going to be interesting because he has a tendency, as you know, to wear out his welcome. His dad is notorious for leaking stories. And I can see a scenario where he's just not getting the ball enough from, you know, Lamar Jackson to his liking where uh, he cause, causes an uproar if things go sour. So we will see how it plays out. But right now, he's a megastar in Baltimore. I went to one of his football camps where he was charging kids $275 a piece just to come out there. And, uh, you know, he would 
throw the football to him. They spent five hours out there with him. God bless him. Made a killing. And at, at Ravens training camp, he's been a hit every day uh, with the fans that are allowed out there. Uh, they don't allow the unwashed out at training camp. You have to be like a season ticket holder or a sponsor to attend that. But the city has fallen in love with him as of now. We'll see how it develops. Yeah, he's a star. He played well for the Rams, but he was only with the Rams for half the season. And then he was going to be the MVP of the Super Bowl the way that game started. And then he went snap, crackle, pop, and that was it. And as far as Lamar Jackson is concerned, uh, Jerry, uh, we we both thought he wasn't going to get paid. I think you were in agreement. You were, you were, oh yeah, you were out that the, the Ravens were not going to give him the money. They did give him the money. Lamar did not play particularly well last season. As the season progressed, his numbers did not uh, live up to the name, the MVP name of Lamar Jackson. So what happens now that he's gotten paid? Well, all the pressure in the world, there's no more excuses. All the pressure in the world is on him. He's won one playoff game. Uh, They're going to, seriously, the the expectation is if this team doesn't get to the AFC championship, then it's a failed season. Um, So they have Super Bowl aspirations, obviously. They've gone out and made some acquisitions to try and bolster their offense. They think their defense is going to be pretty solid. It's going to come down, I think, to them and the Bengals and probably the Steelers to a degree, but mostly the Bengals in that division. And the owner of the team, Steve Bishotti, is a big fan. And he wants to see this team back in the playoffs. You know, I mean, last year they had a chance, but Lamar, as you mentioned, hasn't been the same really since his MVP season. He's been in decline, in my opinion, and he's also been hurt an awful lot. But Steve finally decided to pay him um, when a lot of people thought they were going to wait one more year, but, but it would just lead to a lot of acrimony. So they bit the bullet. And they pay the guy, and hopefully it doesn't go the way that it went for Joe Flacco, where once he got paid, he went into the tank. Yeah, exactly. Now, as far as your podcast, for those you want to hear more of Jerry, uh, you're a radio veteran, but you've moved to the podcast space, Jerry. You've got a very popular podcast, as you mentioned, with Adam Jones. How can people find that? I assume everywhere, anywhere, and everywhere. And you want it's mostly. Baltimore, right? You're mostly talking about the Orioles and Baltimore sports, but you cover a little bit of everything, don't you? We do go national. Uh, we've had some, you know, national guests. I mean, most of the most of the people do have ties to Baltimore or ask them something about Baltimore. But Ken Griffey Jr., Barry Levinson, you know, people who are national names have been on before. But also, you know, Buck Showalter, Brandon Hyde, John Harbaugh. Uh, you can find it the same place you're listening to this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, I would presume. We're also on YouTube. We like to show our faces, Ben. I know you don't do that typically on your podcast. We have uh, we have great sponsors, which help flip the bills. We have a great media partner, which helps pay the bill. And uh, it's been very fun doing this thing with with a guy who is, you know, been around the world. He's living in Barcelona, Spain. I'm talking about Adam Jones, who was a former five-time All-Star um, and now looks to get maybe a little bit into the broadcasting world. He's dipping his toe in it. Uh, it's been interesting in, in developing that with him and trying to let him know that it's okay to criticize these guys every once in a while, even though at times he's reluctant. Uh, I'm trying to let him know that that helps the podcast if he's a little bit critical, but he does have to walk a little bit of a fine line. I don't. I don't care. No, it's two, two words. Tough love. Tough love. Yep. Well, that's the the key there. Yeah, I'm not going to sugarcoat it for anyone. Um, If the team's going bad, I'm going to let them know. If we have a player or a guest on, I mean, 
you know, Jim Palmer was on this is on this week, and Jim and I did have a little bit of a falling out at one point um, when I broke a story where he was quoted as saying that he thought Brady Anderson used steroids that year. He had 50 home runs, and he claimed that I had doctored the tape and all that uh, in a story to the Washington Post. Now, I didn't bring that up during the interview with Palmer just because things were going so smoothly, but it was in the back of my mind. And I know if I would have brought it up, it would have just caused – a lot of consternation between Adam and myself and probably Palmer and myself, which I really don't need at this point. So it was over what 15 years ago when Brady Anderson hit 50 home runs. So I've sort of let that go, but I'll never forget that Jim Palmer accused me of doctoring the tape (laughs) from an interview we did with him about where he made the accusation. Were you in there with razor blades, like slicing the tape up to make it seem like he said something he didn't say, Jerry? Were you doing some? It's funny because I use that type of terminology. I was like, that was the only time I ever had to splice tape was going uh, to college. Went to Ithaca College where I learned that. Never did that at the professional level. Never had to do that at the professional level, just in college with the razor blade. But I'm not that talented. Yeah. No, and I learned too. I learned how to do the razor blade editing in the early, the archaic days of radio. And then about a year into my career, we f- everything went digital. And I was like, ah, that's oh, I wasted my time learning how to slice reel the reel. Yes. <laughs> I'll never use that skill. All right. We'll leave it there, Jerry. Thank you again. You're on with Adam Jones. That podcast available. Uh, it's just the, is it the Adam Jones podcast? Is that the yeah, name? we put his name on there because if anything inflammatory or, you know, anything that goes viral is said, it comes back to him and not me. I got you. That makes total sense. You're devoid of liability. You have a plot. Yeah, we just, yeah. yeah it's, it was strategic in using his name in that fashion. Uh, a lot of people are like, well, how come you're not included? And I said, I'm okay with that. If you watch or listen to the podcast, I'm the dominant voice on there. I mean, he's he's the star of the show, but. I'm the host and, and the guy that you see in here probably the most. So I'm okay with that. Nice, nice. All right, well, thank you, Jerry. We'll, we'll catch you on again. Uh, we'll put you on here at some point again. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me, Ben. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Hey, it's Maller here. It's bracket season, and you can pre-register now for the Fox Sports Radio Bracket Challenge at foxsportsradio.com. Get details, rules, and pre-register today so you can easily create your winning bracket when it's live on March 17th. Once you fill out your bracket, you'll be entered for a chance to win the ultimate college sports trip for you and a friend, including travel and stays at any graduate hotel's Location sponsored by Tractor Supply and Graduate Hotels, where college fans stay. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 